welcome to The Questionable Show, episode 12. Um, I just had my second COVID vaccine yesterday, so I'm feeling a little um, worn out and tired, but I wanted to get this out before the 31st, and I'm not doing anything else, and my mind is kind of rolling on a lot of ideas, so I wanted to get this out, get this recorded. Um, it's been a minute since the last episode, um, but I'm going to save a lot of the kind of updates, personal stuff, question thread stuff to the end, because um, I want to use the beginning of the podcast to kind of go through a list. Uh, it's a it's it's a number of things that I've I've talked about before, maybe to some people, um, or had on my mind for a while. Or, I don't know, just, um, it's stuff about, like, the state of the league, ideas that I have that I think overall would make the league better, um, would maybe help fix a few, like, key issues that I feel like I run into or have issue with. Um, and hopefully that's helpful and interesting. Um, and I wanted to go ahead and put this at the beginning of the episode because I know there are some busier people in the league that may be interested in hearing um, these ideas that I have but don't want to sift through a whole hour podcast um, to look through them. So uh, we'll see how long this takes. This may end up being an hour on its own anyways, but I don't think so. We'll, we'll, uh, it's a few... Uh, how long is this list? I have seven different ideas that are written down here, and who knows what else might come out during that time. But let's dive right into those ideas. Um, the first thing that um, I think I've complained about plenty, uh, and I think people around the league would love to see improved overall, um, and therefore something that I'm not that worried about, and I think we've seen progress on, it's just about simplifying the systems helping or like introducing automated systems or more integrated systems into the website for the kind of daily weekly activities that we do as a part of the week um one big step towards this that i've seen recently if you haven't seen already is the um the automated player creation um, which I thought was really great to see introduced. Let me see if I can pull up any like recent player creation threads and see how those look overall. Because um, I don't know if, that if, if I've seen the results. Oh yeah, those look so slick. Those look great. Um, it It's just a system that should definitely overall help simplify um, the player creation process, which can be very difficult if you're getting in and you're just like, okay, I want to like make my player. And once you kind of, I think, walking them through with the automated system, from what I've seen of of at least jumping in and looking at that tool, looks really positive. Reminds me a lot of the same tool in the SHL, um, and I think it's great. I think I would really love to see a similar system implemented for updating. Um, right now I use the ISFL player updater tool, um, which is a Google spreadsheet. If you don't use that, uh, if you maybe have difficulty getting your updates through, I couldn't recommend that more. It's very simple. Um, it's my favorite tool. I wish I had a version for the SHL. Um, I can kind of drop links into there and forget it um, during the middle of the week and come back on Friday or whenever and do my updates, get all that processed. Um, And that's great. Um, I'd love to see something like that maybe integrated more into the system or just... I kind of just wish that the the Google Sheet that I use was a little bit more well advertised and, and kind of... Uh, more easily present. I think it's in the rookie guide, but it can be difficult to 
kind of parse that out. Um, but I absolutely recommend that for anybody that um, maybe gets confused by their updates sometimes. Um, and yeah, banking, I think, is something that people have talked about forever. Um, getting our banking system closer to something like how the SHL does their banking, a system that's integrated into the site where you can more easily see your account, your transactions, your balance. Uh, you can just kind of one button click and do your training or your equipment or whatever. Um, and that's gonna get processed pretty automatically. Um, I think that'd make everything a lot easier, but of course, getting a system like that up and running I, I can't do it, so <laughs> just asking somebody else to do it. Um, but yeah, I think those are I think those are things that we should always keep in mind, and hopefully, people you know there was like the rumored or talked about omnibus project, which doesn't seem like that was totally followed through with. Um, but hopefully, people will be the, with with those skills and talents will be motivated to help with those projects. Uh, moving on, next point I wanted to talk about was graphics grading, um, because it's really, it really sucks. <laughs> um, I don't want to, like, place that on the graders, essentially. Um, uh, maybe it's not the system, I don't, I don't know. Um, graphics is a weird section where it's built on a subjective system. Podcast is just... There's a maybe there's a grain of subjectivity to it, but as long as you're talking about something like relatively league related for your hour, for an hour, like or for however long you talk, you're gonna get paid out based on the amount of time. And payout to time is a much more objective measure. Same thing with word count to money is more of an objective measure than how good does this graphic fit our rubric, our one to seven rubric, and. Um, then you get paid out based on that. Um, I don't necessarily take issue with the graphics rubric and with the way that grades are given out. Um, I think you, you get what grade you get. I, th I think if you make a good graphic, the worst you're gonna do is a five out of seven, which still pays out quite well. Um, maybe that's a little bit of like um, rich privilege on my part since I have I you know I still do stuff for money but only to a certain degree and really I I'm doing fine <laughs> I, I recently made 11 different graphics that I got a minimum of five out of seven on and at least half got six or seven out of seven and so I made 84 million dollars on that post and I'm that, that that was a lot of money that was more money than I previously even had um, I if you want to dedicate the time to graphics and um, you get good at it <laughs> I'm not saying like I had I, I had barely ever used Photoshop before joining the league, but you know, it's been a year of here and there kind of gaining skills in that in that avenue and I can make seven out of seven graphics. Um, I can make six out of seven graphics pretty, I, and I can very easily make five out of seven graphics. Anyways, I think the payout works quite well. Um, and I think generally people get paid what they should. The huge problem that we have is that it takes forever. Um, I Someone made a comment recently that was like, how out of all of these things do graphics take the longest when you just need to look at it for like a minute and then decide what the grade is? Um, like, it, it should take longer for you to read, and it should definitely take longer for you to listen to an hour-long podcast to make sure that they stay on topic enough to get paid. Um, and... <laughs> definitely makes sense. Um, 
I, I think maybe the system is built around trying to remove as much subjectivity as possible. And while I think that that is good, I think there isn't enough subjectivity and like potential harm from that subjectivity to, to warrant slowing down the process as much as it is. Um, overall, I think our systems should be built around the goal of if I create and submit something for pay, I should be able to have access to that money by the time that I want to update for the week, by, by, by the time I need to have my update in. So if I, if, for example, we had a player in Portland that was like, hey, okay, I want to make training money. Um, like, like I want to get money for equipment. What can I do? Um, and I'm like, oh, cool. I think I can make a bunch of like football cards and submit those and get money for that. And it's like, okay, well, good luck because you might not have the money you need for equipment until the end of the season. Um, and that really sucks. And that really is harmful to like that player's ability to contribute to their team throughout the course of the season. Um, so if a player submits something on a, on a Monday, at the very least, it should be paid out to them by Friday. Um, yeah, I, I, I think if we can't meet that, then we need to make changes to meet that. Overall, I, I wanna see graphics graders be able to go in and make snap grades and just say, hey, this this looks like a five out of seven. This looks like a three out of seven. This looks like a, a, a six out of seven. I'm really blown away with this. I think this is a seven out of seven. And do that. And maybe even they snap grade and they are a little overly critical overall. And they maybe grade things on average lower than they should be. And then you still have the arbitration thread. Um, you still have the ability for players to go in and say, hey, I think I should get more money for this. And you, you're like, okay, that's cool. We've already paid you out how much the snap grade was. Um, and maybe it takes us another week or if it takes two weeks, I don't care however long to get through your arbitration, especially if you have a, a, a larger quantity of them. Um, because maybe we need to have the whole team look at it and give their grades and we average those out. Um, and that's cool, that's fine. And then you just adjust and if you decide that they deserve more money, you give them more money at the end of that, but they've already received the bulk of their money for submitting their graphics, at least, because they've gotten what the snap grade gave them. Um, so I, I think overall that's the system that I'd like to see uh, and maybe people that work behind the scenes with graphics have problems with that and there's uh, you know other issues that need to be solved and there's other reasons why the system overall takes longer but um we need to fix it it's just it's it really uh, it really sucks um, and it's it's I think it's a significant significant issue um, and people deserve to be able to like make stuff and be able to use it within the same week, much less within the same season, which is sometimes not possible. Um, if I pull, let me let me pull up just for example, like what my most recent graphics post, how long that took to grade. Um, and granted, I submitted eleven graphics, and that's yeah, I'm not expecting that to like be done within the day but I submitted on May 7th I submitted everything there weren't any like extra things it took nine days until I had my grades in which is okay honestly <laughs> overall as far as time to grading goes especially when I submitted during a 2x week when there was certainly more submissions it's pretty good uh, but then it took another six days after that until the grades were approved and i think it took maybe a day or or so after that before i received the money might have been a couple days after that till i received the money so overall that's two and a half weeks which 
that's half a season. And that's pretty ridiculous. Um, yeah, that's that's my points on, on graphics grading. Uh, moving on, next point, change the sim time, change the event time, change the overall time that we're doing things. Um, maybe sometimes we have them at 8 p.m. Eastern, but um, yeah. Don't know what the results of that poll were, but even if a majority of people are like, well, I, I this time works great for me, so I don't see any reason to change for that. Um, there's a significant amount of the leak population that's just not able to participate in things in the same way. Um, and I've already shown that there are times that are generally acceptable. Um, yeah, if you work on the West Coast and the sim times are already at five o'clock, you know, you're probably already gonna be in, in, in like, uh, in transit or in uh, in your commute, so I don't see why. I, I I think there were some people that were hesitant about moving those things closer to the middle of the day, um, but I, th I think it's okay. <laughs> I think overall, um, the amount of people that won't be able to necessarily watch live, I don't think that'll change much. And overall, even then, if those people aren't able to pull up the video, they still might be able to interact on Discord and look at their phones and see the game. And overall, um, the, I don't think that necessarily the issue is being able to watch the games live as it is being able to participate in like the community around the games. Because if... The whole team is watching the game and I am in the UK and I need to go to sleep because I can't stay up to 1am to watch an hour and a half broadcast, um, much less a, if it's a double Friday, um, then I like then I, I watch it in the morning and I watch it in the morning and guess what everybody in the US is asleep and so I might like leave some comments or like look through the discord chat but then I'm not like no chance to engage with the team at all so I think we can move it earlier um, at least move more of the times earlier uh, I would really also like to see the the league schedule overall change and have us have events on Saturday and Sunday I don't know why we don't do that. Um, maybe it's like people who are doing the streaming and stuff don't want to do, and like want to have their weekends open for other stuff, but it's not that hard to find people that are willing to do that. And overall, I think if you have these like once a season events, especially like let's have the draft on Saturday. Let's have the draft on Saturday at like midday. That way, people can stay around for the whole event no matter where they are um in our you know main like time zones that we have significant populations in the league that live in um and just overall <laughs> like i don't know why we're cramming everything and all of our events into monday to friday I don't know why. I, I don't think there's a good enough reason that's been presented, or really any reason that's been presented to me as to why we shouldn't be using Saturday and Sunday for events and sims and whatnot. Um, and that's for that for that point. Um, next point, uh, change the playoff format. Just do it. Um, I think um, I would love to see the league expand. I would love to see us maybe focus less on trying to stack teams and um, have really high parity because everybody is able to get a bunch of max earners in all sorts of positions. Um, and so you have these like five way nine and seven ties that happen. Um, but overall, I think, I, I think I may be voted out in this kind of talk about like parity overall. Um, and some people might be more concerned with trying to achieve parity in the ISFL than I think we should be. Um, and overall, that's fine. That's, that's a hill that I'm not really willing to die on. I'm fine if we want every team in the league to be competitive. But I think if we want that or if we not, if we don't, 
Uh, either way, the uh, the league playoff format just needs to change, uh, and that uh, specifically a is about the length of series in that we don't have playoff series we only have one and done playoff games like they would in the in the nfl and i think to a certain degree it makes sense to just model after what the nfl does um but also the nfl's smarter than our sim is um and i think a i think it would make for more entertaining interesting and fun playoffs to watch where it's not just like your whole season comes down to one game and you just, it's, it's just a dice roll whether or not like, I, I don't know. I, I think while it's fun to be able to see upsets, a, the frequency at which upsets quite easily happen in a, in a one-game series is a bit too high. And B, I think it's a lot more satisfying um, and enjoyable for the team that upsets or the team that gets upset or the team that, you know, was the better team and wins. I think overall... A, a series of, of, of games, even just a three-game series, I think would make the the experience of going to the playoffs a lot more satisfying. I have made the playoffs every single season that I have been in the ISFL, um, and not once has that been a satisfying experience. Um, I made the playoffs my first season in the uh, SMJHL, and we won our first game and then uh, went up against a much stronger team, a team that ended up winning the cup. Uh, but we took them to game seven and you know we lost in a tight game seven. Uh, and that was so satisfying to go through that whole series. And even though I like really didn't watch a lot of The Sims at all and like didn't really engage with the SHL much overall, the playoff experience was so much better than anything. I've had in the ISFL, and I've played in an Ultimus. Uh, I think maybe if I won a cup, maybe if I won a trophy, that would be more satisfying, but um, you shouldn't have to, because only one team can win the trophy, you shouldn't have to win the trophy to have a satisfying postseason, um, and our one and done system just doesn't do that. Um, I think it's always going to be heartbreaking to lose in the playoffs, especially if you're a good team. Um, but if you lose in a three-game series or in a five-game series, uh, I think you can get over that a lot, a lot more easily, uh, and I think you can be a lot more satisfied with um, that process. Um, so let's have playoff series. Let's just do it. I, I don't don't know why we don't. Um, got myself a little too riled up about that. It's fine. I just. God of my playoffs experiences in the ISFL just sucked. You know, it starts with losing an Ultimus after you're up 21-3, and then that experience just haunts you forever because you get media posts on it even eight or seven seasons later. Thanks, Infinite, for that. Um, but it's fine. Um, next point that I wanted to talk about. Um, let's incentivize community events, especially off-season events, more. Um, maybe there's a system for this, um, but, like, let's put more money and more, like, messaging into, hey, if you want to run an event over the off-season or at some point, uh, let us know, and if you have a good idea that we like, uh, and you're willing to and able to execute that, uh, and maybe you have some people helping you execute that, um, get league money for that. Sounds great. You know, we've had these events before that I've definitely seen die off, like Team World versus Team USA. We had, like, Jackbox Nights once or twice in the in off-seasons past. Um, I don't get to interact enough with people in the league in general. 
outside of like the occasional forum post if they make media or whatever, um, or if there's some kind of public Discord space I happen to like run into and interact with people. And I'd love for there to be more community-based events where there's an easier uh, and better forum for those interactions to happen. Um, I think overall, <laughs> when the league decides to like put out payouts to the community, the, they do a really good bad or they do a really bad job of making it worth it. Um, like when we ran our Portland logo contest, uh, and I think we were given like 10 million league dollars overall to pay out to first, second, and third place. So it was like six million for first and three million for second and a million, I don't remember what it was, but the payout was crap. It was, it was not worth the amount of time that the people that did participate were gonna put into it and it wasn't worth enough to incentivize people that to, to put the time in that might have if the payout was greater. Um, and if we don't want that to come from league dollars, exactly let people, you know, pay out money themselves. I don't know. If, there, if there's a concrete product that's going to go out and improve the league, then people should be able to pay out their own money to make that happen. Or we should, as a league, be willing to put that money into somebody's pocket. Um, just would love to see more community events overall, and I don't think there's a good... Maybe there, maybe there are rewards out there, but maybe it's just not being like advertised well enough. But um, yeah, that's that's what I wanted to say on that. Um, next point. What do we got here on the list? Um, I'd love to see, and part of part of this I think has been solved to a certain degree with the introduction of the league transactions channel on the main Discord, which was a great addition. Thank you very much. It's wonderful. Um, there's an RSS feed that just will post whenever there's a new signing or a new trade or a retirement. And I see way more of those than I would just um, trying to pull up the forums every once in a while on my own and looking through those. Um, and that's great. Um, what I would love to see is still the creation of, like, ISFL insiders, like Schefter, Rappaport types, that have the, like, have the ability to, and are, like, paid to talk with GMs, talk with teams, talk with players, and report on that. Um, we've seen in the past on Twitter some of these accounts like, uh, shoot, was like Clint McKay or something. <laughs> there was like Sim Entertainment Television or whatever, I think was the account. Uh, and that was really fun and entertaining, but you know, they weren't obviously weren't doing much of it because they were only getting paid out what they were getting paid out for making the Twitter posts in the first place. Um, and I think it'd be a good place to see more engagement with League Twitter. Um, currently, you just you make your money off of it, but there's no real reason to like pull it up and interact on there. Um, unless you're just like mad talking crap and you want to get involved in drama. And like, I, I, to a certain degree, why not lead into that and let people like just facilitate and and, and channel their desire for drama into Twitter and into like like a leak a, a, an ice fill insider reports hey certain players within the um Portland uh, I was trying to I was trying to make a, a fake I was trying to pick a location where we didn't have a demon and I immediately went to the DSFL team that I've spent a lot of time in um uh Shoot, I can't think of any. Uh, uh, Kansas City. Shoot, we have a team of kids. <laughs> Keep forgetting where we have teams. Um, the the Toronto Toronto Horse Jacks. Uh, players within the Horse Jacks uh, organization are dissatisfied with current management and would like to see a change. Like things like that, where you can like report inside situations or maybe like 
report, oh, this player's on the tra- like they're on the trade block. I, 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 there are these stories that like I get a peek into sometimes from just being in uh, DSFL and ISFL war rooms um, that I think would be fun to engage the league in. Like, ooh, rumor is that this player's like this team is seeking to trade this player. Um, I don't know. I think it would be really fun. I, I think there's a lot of guidelines that you have to put on that, um, but I think if we channeled that energy into an official league job, I think it'd be pretty cool. Um, and I think it would maybe to a certain degree help avoid leaks by kind of giving an official channel to where like rumors and things like that can be funneled into. Um, okay. I have one last idea that I wanted to go through. This is specifically about the DSFL, um, and it's going to be kind of long-winded to get through. Um, so those were all my ideas about the ISFL in general. This is just about the DSFL at this point. Uh, and that idea is moving the DSFL away from a league system, away from a professional sports system, and moving it to a collegiate system. Um, there are a few key issues that I see with the DSFL right now that um, I think should be addressed. Um, like my three big issues are that right now I don't think GMs are really truly focused on engagement and development. Um, part of that comes from culture, but I think a lot of that is systemic. Um, I think there are way too many distractions for a DSFL GM. Um, that pull you away from just focusing on engaging players and developing uh, new players into the league. Um, and I think there's a lack of, like, like, the system does not properly reward those activities. Um, the second big issue is that there is just a huge gap of some time between player creation and when that player sees real engagement with the league. Um, through the form of getting drafted, having a team, going through preseason, starting to play for your team. Um, and trade deadline waivers to a certain degree help, but that's really only for players that create at the trade deadline. And half of those players, if not a majority of those players, are already recreates. And like, okay, there's so many players that come in um, the week after the trade deadline, two weeks after the trade deadline. And if you create at that point, you're probably, you might not even get picked up on waivers. If you get picked up on waivers, you're probably not gonna be at a place where you're going to be able to contribute. That play, that team's probably already in the playoffs and you might not even be able to get an update on your player. So you'd just be at 50 TPE and that's just not helpful at all. Um, and so you just have a huge gap of time before like yeah you might get picked up on waivers by that team and you can like hang out in that team locker room and like i'm quote-unquote part of the team but like not really and then it's just a huge like long off season between then and when you get drafted um and i think that's a big issue um and i think that hurts retention i think that return that hurts like engagement with players um yes Third issue is that I think DSFL gameplay real sucks. Uh, this was highlighted a lot by the move to DDSPF 21, um, but overall the way that the system's built out, um, I think capping the players at 250 for play makes a lot of sense, and that like you're you're making this cap that's achievable in one season for a player. By the end of the season, they can totally especially if they've created at the trade deadline, they could totally be up to there. Or at the very least, they could be up to a competitive level. Um, and that these 250 players aren't, like these send-down players aren't OP. And I think that's really great. Um, but overall, keeping that, the way that that affects player builds in a game and the level of like competition and the level of quality of product on the field, um... I mean, the players are worse than ISFL players, yeah. The product's gonna be much worse than ISFL product, uh, kind of generally. But like, when you look at collegiate football versus NFL football, 
that's not necessarily the, the, the like the the case, um, especially when you have like true power five like good teams going up against each other, and like they're not NFL level. They get slapped around by an NFL team. These like great college teams but they're still obviously like great teams and they play really good football um, and they're really entertaining and especially something that I'd like to see integrated into the SFL is like the nature of like how college football can be you know very different and very like high scoring offensive um, explosive electric like it could be really good but like dsfl gameplay is not that it's it's penalty ridden which they've helped solve to a certain degree but still is super penalty ridden um it's just there's a lot of turnovers there's a lot of um stalling drives it's just bad just not not fun to watch um so why is moving to a collegiate system like good why 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 do i why do i think this can help solve these issues um and what would a collegiate system even look like um a collegiate dsfl system first off would be teams not drafting of course they'd be recruiting instead of drafting um i would propose that they would get a certain number of scholarships i'm not sure what that would look like maybe that needs to be a, uh, a variable number uh, a number that's fluid and moves according to how dsfl ho sets it um, and those scholarships allowed them to recruit players or retain their old players, their send down players. Um, there's a couple of different directions that scholarships could go in. You could set the scholarship at a certain number, and that number is an absolute cap on the number of players that a, uh, a collegiate team can have. Um, so maybe there's X number of players that create and X number of players that are sent down, and you divide that number by eight, and that's how many players that a team can recruit. Um, or maybe they are even more limited on the number of scholarships that they give out, and those scholarships instead work like a replacement for contracts. So if you give a player a contract, it gives them, if you give the players a scholarship, they get the six million or maybe it just pays for their training or even their equipment for the season and you have a much more limited number of those um i think on average the dsl teams right now have 10 to 12 active players or 10 to 13 i believe that that's true uh you might have teams with more you might have teams with less but I, I i believe that's generally true from numbers i've looked at recently but maybe so maybe your maybe scholarships you give teams like eight eight scholarships uh, um, or maybe you give them 10 scholarships and so um, they can recruit more players than that and they can recruit play players to come as like walk-ons or like paying players and they have to then pay for their own training and their own equipment or whatever or maybe they don't get access to certain th things um, and that helps incentivize players to maybe seek after a scholarship instead of necessarily seeking out just to join a super team. Uh, but maybe if they really want to, they can try to make a super team. Um, I don't know. I, I think a recruiting system would be fun. I think at a certain point you have to like, we're, I think we're a little overly fixated on keeping the DSVL as a super level playing field. Um, and I, th I think it makes sense for there to be a level playing field, but not necessarily. It's it's equity over equality. I think is what uh, give people equal equal. Is that what I mean? Give people equal opportunities, not necessarily give them like try to force teams to be even. Um, just trying to use fancy words without understanding what I mean and saying. Um, where was I? I got lost. Um, so yeah, play uh, teams. Teams sell themselves to players. You know, players choose where they want to go. Um, you build some kind of scholarship system that gives a certain check on that, so that one team can't just recruit every player. Um, and of course, I think. Uh, 
another this is something that I didn't highlight as a key issue, but I think I think we should. I think we should put this in as a key issue as well. And I think that it's that players in the DSFL are too often forced to switch positions. Um, I'm guilty of this as a, as a former DSFL GM, um, but I think overall this is a systemic problem where DSFL teams have significantly different needs than ISFL teams might have. Uh, due to the nature of, of, of how things work. Um, uh, ISFL teams may in general have a cycle where they're they're calling up a lot of players. Um, for example, um, something that comes to mind definitely was the kind of season 24 um, class of quarterbacks kind of all got, there was, there was so many of them. There was like six of them, I swear. Um, and so every DSFL team had a good quarterback for a while. And then within a couple of seasons, all those quarterbacks got called up. And that meant that there was a big need for quarterbacks in the DSFL. And so teams were heavily recruiting quarterbacks and going after quarterbacks really strongly. Uh, Negs was drafted, one overall, I think. We drafted Orhanello uh, at seven, I believe, at the time. Six, maybe? I don't remember. Um, we drafted him in the first round. Um, and I think another quarterback went quickly. And then a, another team was, was forced to rely on a, um, a waiver pickup at quarterback that I think peaked at under 100 TPAE at the end of the season. That's just, they just had to ride that person out at quarterback because they didn't have anybody else that they could get. Um, and you can't really, it's really hard to switch players to quarterback. Um, but it's less hard to switch players to other positions. And you see this all the time. Um, and players get switched into positions or you play them at positions that maybe Iceville teams aren't necessarily going to want. You have situations like where Orhanello spent three seasons down or um, four seasons down in the, in the DSFL overall um, and just was never able to actually get an Iceville starting quarterback spot. Um, and that's ridiculous. Um, I, think, I, think we should, I, I think it makes sense to a certain degree if you really want to pursue a position and there's just not enough open spots in the SFL. Uh, I think it was a really unfortunate situation for Orhanello. Uh, and maybe next time around, they'll be able to successfully create a quarterback. A quarterback's such a highly competitive position. Um, but I think you have an, a, a situation where like players may really want to play a position and there, there might be a strong path for them to getting really good time in the ISFL at that position that they, want, that they created at and they want to play at. But that position is not really needed in the DSFL. And a team picks them up and they're like, we really, really need you to switch to get playing time on our team. Because we already have so many other players at this position. Um, and so players get drafted and they're just, they're forced to switch. But like, if players get to look at the available DSFL teams and say, okay, I really want to play this position there's going to be a team out there that'll say, hey, we can't, maybe we can't give you a scholarship, but we can give you a spot at this position. Or like, hey, we might not be a super competitive team. Um, and so maybe they wouldn't have had, maybe they wouldn't have had the chance to like get that player if there was an opening spot at a, at a more competitive team. But that team doesn't have an availability of that position. I, I think it overall, it helps DSFL players stick at the positions that they created at and wanted to play at um, more, and you know maybe then they want to create for uh, they want a position to switch for their ISFL team and they're fine with that and that's great. But like uh, overall, players should not be pushed to switch for their DSFL teams. Um, it's unfortunate that often the way the system works. If you want to try and like build a better team and like do justice by your players by making the best possible team you can that you're forced into doing so um so yeah I, I think i think having an open recruitment system where players can prioritize teams and move to teams based on the availability of that position i think that's better um and i think that's an issue that would get solved with a collegiate system um 
more on how this would work. Uh, so you'd replace draft day with decision day. Um, there'd be a day, like a deadline, by which all players need to declare like where they're gonna sign with for their like collegiate team. Um, and I think this would be good to have, I think players might have a window before then when they can sign. Um, and of course they can say, already made up their decision and like if it's even before that week and i've said i really i want to go to portland i'm hard committed to portland i'm going to sign with them once the window opens um and that's kind of understood and that's fun and the recruitment process is, is there for me and i can kind of start integrating myself in the team already um overall this does a really good job i think of solving that huge gap between creation uh and engagement and getting on a team um players have more of that time where they're being suited by teams and where i think a big part of this um is that you know, the way the draft process works you can't let players into kind of the evolving situation around your team um and so, like, if I've, if I know, like, I'm two, we're two rounds in and I've drafted a really good wide receiver and a really good defensive lineman, um, and so I've got a really good spot left open and really need to find another really good offensive tackle. I can pursue an offensive tackle with the kind of like, hey, this is how our team's shaping up. This is how we're looking. This is how our recruiting class is going. Um, we've recruited these players. Maybe they have an affinity for those players or like they really want to play with other players. They have the opportunity to do so. And I think overall that makes for a more engaging and, and um, fun system for a player's first season or three. Um, and this also just overall would reduce the time of the of the off season because you don't need to have the full like week or so that it takes from from the beginning of the pre-draft to when the string goes live um, and overall that would cut down on off season for everybody uh, and I think let us get back to the action better um I think when we look at gameplay, um, I think a potential solution to this is moving our DSL, moving our collegiate system to um, the college football version of Wolverine Studios Draft Day Sports. Um, I don't know much about this game, so I can't comment more on that. Um, but overall, I think what I would like to see in the DSFL is a system that's built more around competitive and good football being played. Um, and so maybe that is while players are earning X amount of TPE um, and applying it to their player, um, maybe the numbers that get put in the sim aren't the same as that. And maybe, um, you know, overall I just don't it makes sense for progression. It makes sense for player progression over the course of a career for them to have to, over time, put points into speed and strength. Um, but for, like, college football, it doesn't make sense for players to be 80 speed all over the field and to just be slow overall. Like, compared to the competition, like, they might, you might still have really fast players. Um, you might still have really strong players, um, but like I don't think that gets shown off when everybody is only given 250 TP builds. Um, so I still think you want to cap it at a at a level that's attainable during a single season. But maybe there are there are ways that we modify what we put into the simulation um, to make the football better and more entertaining and just better to watch. Um, I think another thing that would be interesting, and this goes to the point on DSFL gameplay and the point on refocusing GMs on engagement development, is limiting the amount of adjustments that 
teams can make to depth charts and strategies during the season. Um, I think this makes a lot of sense from kind of a realism perspective. Um, how often are college teams really changing up their systems? Their systems are generally a lot more simple um, and they might not make, be making a huge amount of adjustments just because getting a team A on that scale and B on like that talent level um, it's just much more difficult than the expectations of a professional like NFL league where you might be making weekly overhauls to your offensive system, but you're not doing that um, in the midseason for a college football team. Like you have a system generally and you go into the, the year and you're, you're using that system. So I think this would take a lot of pressure off of DSFL GMs having a sim test. Um, you know, there's already a lot of DSFL GMs that don't sim test, but um, if you want to be the best GM that you can be to a certain degree, you have a responsibility to sim test, and that could be really like stressful on GMs to be like, well, I'm not doing a good enough job because I'm not like sim testing, um, and like I'm putting my team at a disadvantage maybe because I'm not sim testing. But like, if everybody has to kind of decide on their system at the beginning of the season and not really have a lot of opportunities to change. Um, I think that's great. I think that I think that um, lowers that pressure and forces it just pushes GMs to be more focused on what they should be doing in the DSFO. Um, so yeah, I think that's overall what I'm. I I, I want the DSFO to be something that is just focused on engaging players, especially new players, and helping them as best you can. And like, there are way too many distractions in the current system. Um, that keep you from just serving the player base as best you can as a, as a GM and just being the best for your players that you can be. Um, I'd really love to see a collegiate system. I think that would solve a lot of those problems, but I, I think there's still obviously a lot of issues and I left a lot of things open in how this would work where, um, where more decisions might have to be made on that front and more issues with the with the system that I proposed need to be ironed out. Um, I think another great part of this is that this more clearly, uh, the system I think would more clearly highlight and punish GMs that are not doing a good job of developing players. Um, there are GMs out there in the past, there are GMs that are there currently, that they just, they draft, and maybe even they draft well. Like, they were able to, like, maybe it's luck, maybe it's just how, like, their system, like, just works out. Um, but they're not necessarily, like, doing the best jobs, like, truly scouting and engaging with players and, like, getting those players involved and then through the course of the season they kind of maybe just like slack off and they just like put in their strats and put in their dcs and just expect their players to earn instead of like working with them the whole season and like trying to get players engaged and trying to like focus on the players and i think overall the system would would help that um Maybe you'd have the opportunity if you don't like your team and you're still sent down. You're like, okay, I just want to transfer to another school. Um, and you're just free to do that without necessarily needing to have a trade from your team. Um, I think the biggest issue that I still see on the board for how the DSL works in general that I don't know that this system fixes um, and I still have a lot of questions on um, whether we're in the current system or whether we move over to a collegiate system. And that's the issue of how do we transition players to the ISFL. Um, it's a multifaceted issue. It's not just about how do we discourage DSFL lifers, because um, I don't think those are good for the league. Um, how do you discourage players from just like creating a player and they're like, hey, I'm just going to spend my four seasons in the dsfl and just make some money and then i'll create my next player or maybe like eh, i'm just gonna spend my time in the dsfl and uh i don't have to i don't have to earn any points and like i can just hang out for four seasons and like my player gets played and like that's enough for me uh, and i think to a certain degree like it's all right if you're not like earning enough and maybe like there should be a place for you to still be able to like play um but like if you're just creating if you're just doing one AC a season, 
should your player really be like like football like to be good at football it's not about like constantly improving like there's still so much work that has to be done to like maintain your ability to compete um, so I don't know. I don't know how we fix that. I don't know how we fix kind of DSV lifers. I think I think if you just like create and get 250 TPE, you can just cruise and be even a good player, like even a great player in the DSL for seasons and seasons, and you're just not doing anything. Um, and that can feel really that can feel really awful compared like next to a player that's put a lot in. Maybe they're a rookie and they, they put a lot in to their season, or maybe they've it's their second season, or whatever. They're still like max earning, and they just like their player gets beat out by a player that's not doing anything. Um, I think this the issue of how we transition players to the ISFL is also about like how in a collegiate system are you still drafting players the same way? Are you letting players declare for the draft? Um, how is the system, is the system like incentivizing players more um, to stay down? Is it properly incentivizing them more to, to go up? Is it developing players better? Um, all good questions. All questions that I think still need to be asked about the current system or any proposed different system. Um, yeah. That's that. Um, looking at Audacity, uh, I've gone on... <laughs> I mean, I've gone on this college football proposal for at least like 25 minutes, I think maybe more. Um, but hey, I've almost filled up an entire hour just based on th this, which had nothing to do with the question thread I put out, but hey, you guys should have asked better questions. Um, got a few minutes left though. And I really only have a few good questions on the question thread, so I think I'm gonna go through that here. That's the end of my recommendations for the ISFL and like ideas for the ISFL and the DSFL. Um, so let's just, let's get me to an hour, let's wind down with uh, these questions on how things are going. Uh, Zwiz asked, winning the MVP has always been on your to-do list, what's next? Uh, I think the big things that I'm looking at are A, I'd love to win another MVP, I'd love to win uh, a, an Offensive Player of the Year, I, I'd, I'd love to win a big award again at least once. Um, it'd be nice to, you know, be able to do this again in Season 30, but I don't know if that's necessarily going to be possible with where I'm at state of my regression, depending on how other players perform. Um, uh, but the other big thing I'm looking at is records. Um, that's season records. I, I'm on pace right now to beat the single season rushing yards record, uh, which is pretty dope. I'm a big fan of that idea. Um, but I think more importantly, I'm on pace if I have a similar season to last season um, and a pretty decent season after that. I'm definitely on pace to beat the ISFL career rushing touchdown record. Uh, Tosin Nakamura is currently fifth uh, as of the end of week four. He's fifth with 93 touchdowns. Um, I could very easily at the end of the season, if I get 12 more touchdowns in this season, I would tie Darren Smallwood at second at 105 touchdowns all time. Um, and then at that point, it's another 18 touchdowns to go to break the season, the, the, um, the career rushing touchdown record. And I think that's, that's, uh, that's a big thing I'm, I'm focused on um, that I think would be really great. I've got the opportunity to do with this player and um, don't want to pass that opportunity up. Um, it's a big reason I moved to Arizona in the first place. And I really appreciate everything that Zwiz and Crunk have done to help me aim for the, those goals. Um, Zeagle has a couple of questions here that are, um, that are great. Uh, he asks, if you were to retire today, do you think you'd make the Hall of Fame? Um, and I think, I think there's a distinctly good possibility. I'm top five already in career rushing touchdowns. I'm top 15 in a number of other career categories. Um, I've won an MVP with my player. Um, I've made a number of Pro Bowls, um, even missed a Pro Brawl that I should have made, but that's fine. <laughs> um, I think my player would have a really great chance based on what I've seen. Um, I think it was like Apollo Reed that got in that was like, I'm not certain if that 
but like I don't know I, I think the bar for running backs is at a great place where I think it makes a lot of sense that I would be able to make the Hall of Fame at this point I think I think adding on S29 and when we get to the end, end of S29 I think I, I think it should be a lock considered at that point um, and that's really cool to think about that's really that's really amazing to think about um, Siegel asks, uh, now that you're a couple seasons into your SHL career, compare and contract, compare and, they compare and contrast, not compare and contract the SHL and ISFL. Which one do you like better? I, I mean, look, I like the sport of IS, uh, of, of football better, so I don't think the SHL can really compare. Um, I also think, like, 60-something games during the season, just way too much to keep up with in the uh, SHL. Uh, but like I mentioned, the, the playoff format and like the play how the playoffs works in the SHL much more satisfying and interesting even if you get 4-0 wiped out like like Colorado did this season um a lot more interesting than getting than losing to Nola on some like weird baloney one percent game um so yeah I think there are there are advantages of both that's what I'm gonna say um, but overall, I think ISFL is going to be my main league forever, and I'm not too worried about being won over by the SHL. Um, are there any league jobs you'd want to try, or is podcasting going to be your only source of income forever? I think you're forgetting that I made $84 million on graphics, so I think I'm much more of a graphics creator than anything else um, by amount of money that I've made. I guess, look, if... Not every one of these podcasts I've done has been for double payout, but a lot of them have been. Um, so if, if, if every one of them were, I'd have made 80 million or so. It, uh, 96 million, I think, at over 12 podcasts. So maybe I've made quite a bit of money from podcasting, but I really like dipping into media and podcasts and graphics. Um, I don't think... I think there's too much of like a regular demand for league jobs that I'm just like, I'd rather just make money when I have time and I'm bored and I just want to make 11 cool signatures. <laughs> um, last question from Ziegle. Should Chuck Roth swap to running back to follow his idol goat tank? Um, I think, I think, I think we'd maybe have issues with that in Portland. Um, I think, uh, I think OCO had a much more clear need at running back than maybe the Arizona Outlaws do. Um, but as long as you're comfortable not getting any carries during the season, you're more than welcome to to be Z-Wiz's bench boy. You're, you'd be the bench boy's bench boy, so good luck with that. Um, I'm not going <laughs> to... I'm not going to go through Plop's questions because he, he just rephrased the same things I asked for questions on and didn't say anything about it. So um, we, we should be well over an hour now. Uh, well over. We're, we're an hour and three minutes now, uh, which is great. I, I'm so tired. <laughs> um, I think I've said what I want to say. Um, I think uh, it's been really great. And um, just like I thought, it was going to take up a lot of time just to go through those uh, ideas that I wanted to get off my chest. And now I can say that I've put those ideas out into the world and I can let the powers... Because, like, here's the thing about how much I fucking complain is that, like, if I'm not doing anything about it, I, I gotta shut up to a certain degree, you know? Um, but also, like, if things happen and people are like, I've got this great new idea and it's something i've said before <laughs> like i don't know what point am i what, what am i even trying to say at this point great question um i think what i'm saying is i i, I feel like a responsibility i guess to like at least voice these opinions uh and hopefully um put it in a in a format and that um people that do take the time and that I really appreciate do take the time to be in head office or be or like department heads or, or, or help make the league better hopefully uh, when I don't do that um, it's great so hopefully hopefully this is in a format where they could take the time to listen and maybe interact with these ideas or maybe just ignore them entirely it's fine um, it's great 
it's good. What a podcast. What a what a what a questionable show, I might say. Um, that's gonna be it for me. I'm gonna go find some lo-fi track to throw under this that you've probably been enjoying on repeat the entire time. So that's where that came from. And um, I think I'm gonna take a nap. I think I've already slept for like 12 hours today, but I think I'm gonna take a nap because I'm tired. <laughs> have a good weekend, everybody. Uh, have a good week. Have a good whenever you listen to this. Have a, have a have an as Tesla would say, have a have a time appropriate greeting, and uh, stay questionable.